Hey, Ethan, I got a quick question for you. What's that? Uh, the Cubs are about 500, right? <laughs> no, they ain't. Welcome in to a new episode of Designated Chatter. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is episode four of season four. It's a nice little lighthearted note. Um, you know, I got I to gotta hit hate on the Cubs a little bit. You know, 2016 world champions. You know, I have some room to talk a little bit because I mean, I've gone through way too much as a Mets fan. But uh, things are starting to look up. Things are on the look up, baby. Yes, sir. But get that out of the way. You know what? We're we're we're, gonna, we're almost at 500 ball. Just be just because New York rolls all of MLB right now doesn't mean you can hate on my Cubbies. Come on, though. It's okay. Yeah. I, okay. I'm sorry. I just I I took my chance. I saw a moment. I took it. But hey, season four, episode four. We got a great episode coming up. A great guest coming up. Tell us what we got. Angel Barrera. He is the 2003 Rookie of the Year with the Kansas City Royals, also World Series champion with the New York Yankees. Um, he's currently uh, with the Tigers organization now as a Latin American infield coordinator. Um, he touches a lot of um, getting to know more of the prospects in the minor league system and getting to see all those Dominican Republic players come in. And it's truly an inspirational story what got him into the league. And uh, family's a big role in his play. And I think that's a lot of roles in a lot of players. But, yeah, no, it was a huge, um, huge story that he gave us. And I think everyone's going to enjoy it. Oh, yes. It is a a great mind that we had on. Uh, Just be able to talk about how he led his entire career, like Ethan said, with the basis of family coming first and how he was able to learn from his peers specifically. We we ask about that 2009 Yankees uh, roster and how he learned from the greats there, Jeter, A-Rod, and how he kind of learned even before then. So, yes, stay tuned for that. But on as a hot topic right now, we're going to get into it. Who hot, who not? And this is a little bit of a segment that uh, we're, we're probably going to introduce in the upcoming episodes. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into a who hot, who not. And we'll start Definitely. off with who, with who not. Um, uh, at the first. moment, at the moment, Los Angeles Angels, as oh of today, have yes. lost 11 in a row yes. after being 10 games above 500. Who saw this coming? Yes, that was that was actually my choice right there, too. It's It was god-awful. I read up on that earlier. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, you got Otani, you got Trout, you got some big hitters and some great pitchers on that team. And even with uh, Syndergaard, too, they just they're, they can't get it done. And it's – uh. I wouldn't say it's been like embarrassing to watch. I think the season's still young. He's still got a lot of time to work with. So um, hopefully they can get their feet underneath themselves and start picking back up. But uh, be kind of curious to see who runs that uh, division now. Of course. And I mean, it's it, it, a, a big a, a dis- kind of surprise when, when you're looking at it two weeks ago. Like I said, they were 10 games above 500 and they came out with a statistic. Um, all teams before then, there's, I think there's been only three teams in NLB history that started um, 10 games above 500, went on a 10-game losing streak, and still made the playoffs. But you have to consider this. They also did say if the season did end today, they would be in the wild card spot because the expanded playoffs. You have three wild card teams now. Um, so yes. it's, a, a, it's a different ball game when you look at it. Uh, a lot of pieces have to play a role and. I also noted, I mean, you never thought you'd hear me saying this, but Mike Trout is hitless in like his like last 25 plate appearances. So him and Otani are kind of underperforming at the moment, and it's showing. Uh, so And, like, again, they had a lot of great seasons, especially Otani. His first year has been amazing. These guys are human, Jacob. They're going to have these, you know, these slumps and stuff, and everyone's going to go through it. Yes, the, the fans may be a little mad, oh, this is what you've given us everyone's going to go through those slumps. And I think it's only a marathon until they both break out and the angels are back on the road to success. Yes. Yes. Just to touch on a couple other teams that are a little who not, not uh, who not hot. Uh, We're going to touch on the white Sox a little bit. White Sox currently sitting under two games under 500 in the AL central. That's a bit of a surprise, especially with the twins got kind of a hold on it. And you have the guardians in second place in that division. Like, again, again, it's a very small sample size. Yes, we're about a little bit over a month into the season. You're going to consider another month, and then you'll finally start pieces falling into place. 
You're going to see that a little bit, but a, a bit of a surprise to see the White Sox sitting two games above five, uh, below 500. And the pitching is underperformed. The hitting is underperformed. And specifically in a division that they should have a bit of a hold on. Kind of surprising. Yes, it is. It's uh, It's been a struggle for a lot of these teams out here. Another who's not team is, uh, I guess we could say this, that we're expected to see a little bit maybe potential success out of this team, but the Tigers. And it's unfortunate because we work for the Tigers organization, but Javier Baez has not been that move yet. He hasn't been that big money star that they paid him to be. I think A.J. Hinch is a great coach, and he's going to officially get this team rolling, but it just has not been yet. We're trying out some prospects and seeing how that works. Uh, Spend Daddy, uh, Spencer Torkel said he started off on a little rough rough patch during the start mm-hmm. of the season. He's kind of been picking up, though, so I'll be excited to see what this team looks like at probably All-Star break. Yes, yes, and just touch on a, a couple other ones that are, are not hot at the moment, but I, you might see a little bit of an uptick in performance, say, a couple weeks from now, and specifically now. Uh, one, the Boston Red Sox sitting at 500, 12 games back of the Yankees. I mean, you also have Toronto, who's not really underperforming, seven and a half back, because who thought the Yankees would be this freaking hot? Um, you have the Seattle Mariners sitting six games below 500. Very surprising. And then you have the Braves and the Phillies, who are underperforming, sitting about eight and a half. The Braves sitting right now, eight and a half games back of the Mets, and the Phillies, 11 games. But the Phillies and the Braves have both won four of their last five. The, actually, the Braves are on a five-game winning streak. So yes, they are. It's that's, a, a, that's a very interesting division right there. Yes. And I yes. think the National League East has been something that's very close and very fun to watch, um, especially in between rivals. Now, again, yes, New York is running the MLB right now. Um, but, like again, we talk about who's hot. Mets are on that list. Mm, Another yes. one. Think that's on that list is um st louis cardinals they've uh even with the win tonight they have been on a as much as i hate to say it a nice little streak um paul goldschmidt oh my god he it just ended but he had a 20 something game hitting streak didn't he yes do you know that he was hitting above 430 throughout that entire hitting streak he was hitting about 430 that, with about 34 rbis insane. with about 34 rbis it's more than a that's almost double the RBI potential in that same amount of games. And that's freaking, you don't, you don't see that very, very often. The, the, the last person you have to go back to is Dan Ugla. Well, they got that reunion tour. Yeah. I would say with that reunion tour, that's, it's been a spark in the city with having Albert Beck and uh, Yachty and Adam Wayne Wright all getting back together. And it's, it's brought a lot of tension to the team and it's been good. Like they've, that they've been catching it. They've been on fire. And with these guys who've already played with each other before, they're kind of the veterans are kind of running the show and it's been working out yes. very good. But so I far. will, but I will say the, the Cardinals and the Brewers, this is expected. I, I will say they're in a spot that is expected of them. The Brewers and the Cardinals are going to run that division. And it's probably just going to be a one and two race for that division championship later on. In the season, obviously, I do see both of them making the playoffs, especially with the expansion. Um, and again, to, to speak on who's hot, I, I still scratch my head at this because we sat here at the beginning of the season saying, oh, they always fall apart. Maybe they don't, they'll never get going. We're sitting here laughing and uh, they're throwing it right back in our face with the New York Yankees currently sitting at 39 and 15 with the best record in baseball. Like who, who would have thought? Uh, you have Nestor Cortez, nasty Nestor. Like, yeah. like he is, he's one of the best arms in baseball right now. You have uh, Luis Severino. You have Garrett Cole. You have Mike Montgomery putting together one of the best rotations in baseball at the moment. I think their club ERA is sitting below three, if not at three over the past 15 starts. They're currently on a six game winning streak with a run differential of plus one of freaking two. Like, yeah, it's insane. I mean, even on their offense, it's been amazing. Aaron Judge just won uh, AL Player of the Month. Um, he's been really catching up and picking up. Going, um, there was I just said I just spread it earlier. I forgot the name. Who just asked from a trade from the Yankees? It was. I just saw that earlier today. Uh, it was. Oh, geez. Oh my gosh. Mm, third baseman, Miguel Andujar. Miguel Andujar. Yes, yep. one of the bright, one of the bright rookies uh, two seasons ago currently just floating in the minor leagues over the past couple of seasons because 
Yankees. I, I don't know what I honestly don't know what happened to him. I, I don't know why they sent him down. I know he went to a struggle, but they never gave up on uh, uh, Torres. They never gave up on any well, of the Yankees. The Yankees are playing so good right now. If it's working, you got to keep it the same way. Of yes, course. I know that would understand frustrate him, but you know maybe new beginnings is a good possibility. You know, if I'm any other team and a guy from the Yankees wants to come to my team, I'm I'm going to listen. You know, especially if we can maybe throw in some prospects or anything else, because just trading player for player, yes, that could be helpful to the team. But you can always try to squeak in a few minor leaguers, also. Of course, and just to top the segment off, and this feels fantastic to say, there are only three teams in the MLB right now with a run differential of seventy of plus seventy six and above. L.A. Dodgers the New York Yankees and the New York Mets. Like never would have thought that that would be, uh, I mean, looking back at the beginning of the season, this type of output is definitely what I've expected out of this New York Mets lineup, but to see them actually thriving at the moment without Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer at the top of their rotation. And uh, they're just performing. Pete Alonso currently winning the RBI race. He's sitting at 54 RBIs hitting above 280. <laughs> I mean, an MVP race might he might be running for the MVP trophy later on if he keeps his kind of output because he's on pace to set a franchise record. So yes, those three yeah, the, teams controlling the league easily. The Mets, the Mets have been top dog, and I think it's it's I hate to say it, but it's about damn time. Yes, you guys, yes. you guys put together a core, very agile team, and I think yes. if, if as long as you guys stay healthy, you guys are going to go really far. And uh, hate to say it, so. So early, but I yes. mean, I wouldn't mind a New York, New York World Series, a Subway Series. Uh, gosh, that would I, I think that was I think that's what baseball needs, especially this year. That would be fantastic. A, a Subway Series, World Series. I just that 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 would, that's like that would be a dream come true because I mean that'd be the first time that's happened since two thousand. I mean, almost twenty years, a little bit over twenty years. So yeah, that'd be fantastic. But yes. A lot of teams going through the motions, but also a lot of teams destroying the motions at the moment. So as we move on, not to say the future doesn't look very bright, Ethan. And speaking of the Cubs, Christopher Morel. You yes. want to? You want to speak? We're gonna. We're gonna go on a. Yeah, we're just gonna talk about some rookies that are just taking over the league right now. Speak on yes. Morel real quick. Oh my God! Well, he's he's such an inspirational player, Jacob. He when he came into the big leagues he was asking so many questions to all of the players just trying to get um, more understanding of what the difference is between the minors and the majors he he's not shy he loves interacting with teammates he loves interacting with fans and if you look closely and you watch the Cubs games he has a smiley face on his glove and he shared that story about why he has a smiley face or smiley face on his glove and he said it's uh, because, you know, everyone's human. Everyone goes through bad days. And whenever you go through a bad day, I just look down. I see a smiley face. It makes me happy. Just little stuff like that to stay motivated on the field. And it's been paying off because just today, Jacob, he's reached base in the last 20 games straight. Ever since mm -hmm. he's been called up, he's been on base. And he's been taking off with some walk-offs, a huge home run in his debut that went on to Waveland. It was, it's been amazing for this kid. I can't wait to see what the future's going to hold for him. It's uh, currently the the best output we've seen since Wander Franco. Uh, Wander Franco, someone that reached on base for, uh, on base when he came up to the majors through the postseason. I'm pretty sure he kept that going through the rest of the season to the postseason. So it's nice to see some talent make its way into the MLB that consistently brings in positive output and not just stopping with the Cubs at the moment, but it's, it's also nice to see that you're finally seeing development in the minor leagues and then in, in the uh, farm systems of these teams that you're finally seeing the second, the first coming of the next generation. If that makes sense. You're, you're starting to see the, the new Mike Trouts that are coming, the new Albert Pujols, new A-Rods, the, all these people that are finally reaching their peak development. And then they're reaching that, 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 that major league level. Spencer Torkelson being one of them currently, like you said, hitting over the 300 mark after getting a really rough start. I mean, a lot, a lot of people, like you said, it's a human sport. I mean, everything about it is human. You can't expect perfection. And you see that, especially when these rookies get off to hot starts and they brought right back down to earth. Adley Rushman currently hitting under 150, but very bright stars setting off the MLB atmosphere 
You have Julio Rodriguez, AL player of the mo- AL rookie of the month. You have Luis Gonzalez, currently with the Giants and a rookie of the month. And and it's just fantastic to see, at least from my perspective, the, oh, the, yeah, amount, of, the amount of rookies setting off. The, it's the, been the huge. Even even names like Bobby Witt Jr. He he's been picking it up recently. He's batting two forty three right now. Um, Say a Suzuki. I mean, we just talked about the Cubs, but there's another young prospect on the Cubs, and that is Seiya Suzuki. He came into the league firing on all ends, um, great in the outfield, and he has so much power in his swing, and he's proved it a lot with a lot of home runs to start off this season. Unfortunately, he just hit the injured list, but um, only looks like it's going to be 10 to 15 days until he comes back to the team. Yeah. Well, I know we talked about uh, this guy as well, but Brendan Davis, it's only a matter of time before he reaches the MLB landscape. And I know he's kind of having a setback at the minor league level, but everyone knows what his output is going to sit at whenever he's at his peak. So it's not just him. It's all the rookies that are finally, after going through the draft process, after going through the developmental processes, finally reaching their peak. And it's fantastic. And exactly. I mean, how about even Redemptors? He with the Angels throughout his first major league start, a no hitter. It's stuff like that's insane. You don't see that happen. And for these rookies to come in with that Mamba mentality, pretty much, and you know, be good enough to be like, all right, I got called up for a reason. Now I have to prove my worth. And a lot of these rookies have been proving their worth this season. The very, very interesting part about Reed Detmers is also he's a pitcher that finessed. He, he kind of. You know, it was, it was, you didn't really see it because he's, he's someone that sits 95 and below on his speed and didn't record many strikeouts. There was, I think it was a couple walks, but he controlled it from the first pitch to the last pitch. He was, he, he was pinpointing accuracy. He was putting the balls wherever he was noted by the catcher. And I mean, it was a fantastic I mean, outing, like you said. I mean, you don't just put, put together a no-hitter. with a, There's a process to that. And you don't see many pitchers, specifically nowadays, who are finesse pitchers successfully succeed. I mean, there's very few pitchers around the league that are still able to do that. I mean, Adam Wainwright and Kyle Hendricks, just to, just to note a few, that are still successfully doing it. But to see a rookie learn from, you know, the greats, it's, it's fantastic. And again, later on the season, as we go along, some of these rookies are either going to continue to succeed, uh, blow up expectations, or we'll also see some people come down and to, to the, uh, to the uh, lower atmosphere and become humans again. If that makes sense. To watch. And like the season hasn't been exciting already. It's just going to keep getting more exciting and more exciting. And let me tell you about exciting Tommy fam. Will Smith, Jock Peterson over fantasy football. Can we talk about that, Jacob? Can we talk about fantasy football? And guess what? It's Mike Trout's fault. It's all Mike Trout's fault. He wasn't even there, but it's his fault. I thought that was, I just, I, it, it's funny to see the drama surrounding that just get worse and worse. Like originally it's just Tommy Pham slaps Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson sitting on, uh, in front of the media just going, yeah, it's because we had a. I mean, I just I he thought I was stashing players on the on the bench, so when the player got hurt, I just replaced them. Like it's, it's so trivial. Like it, it's it's it's. <laughs> I sat back and I laughed because I didn't think it was real. I was laughing too, and then he Tommy Fam said he got mad over a GIF that Jack Pearson posted in their group <laughs> chat. If you guys don't know what a GIF is, it's like a, a motion picture like clip art thing, and. Uh, he even showed it on camera, and it was because it was about the Padres. Tom fan just came from the Padres, and it's because they've been kind of under succeeding at the moment. So it was like um, the rest of the division had like had this big guy holding a rock up high, and then the Padres guy was like struggling to get the rock up. And yeah, Tommy fan lost it, and he said that there was he did some in quotes disrespectful shit, and that's yeah. why he yeah he slapped him and. And then I would have loved to got a better angle on this thing. Like again, this is during pregame. No one really had cameras on. It was just kind of just pregame catch going on. And then yeah, you just see everyone start running into center field, and we're like, oh, great. here we go. It's just, it's just funny. It's specifically when Tommy Pham says that he posted some disrespectful stuff, and then Jock Peterson comes up with the receipts on his phone. He's like, yeah, look through our chat. 
I just posted a GIF and I was kind of just making fun of the Padres team who wasn't doing that great. And that's just banter between friends. It's, it's the way he put it. He just, I thought it was good. And he was like, yeah, if I, if I offend anybody, I'm sorry. And it's kind of like he was posting an apology agreement at the Oscars. Like you said, yeah, he was, Tommy Pham equals Will Smith at this moment. I mean, he kind of had a yeah, Will Smith moment. Really, he apologized and he was just like shocked that he had to apologize. It was, yeah. it was like uh, off guilty thing. He was like, I don't even know what's going on. But yeah, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway, Tommy Pham did get a three-game suspension for that. So he sat out the rest of the series when the Giants were in town. Um, hopefully fantasy football gets worked out for them. Cause that sounded like it was a little bit in a tie, but, uh, you know, like again, Mike Trout and <laughs> Mike Trout got involved and Tommy Pham said it was all Mike Trout's fault. And, uh, Mike Trout said, I know every commissioner gets hated on. <laughs> just to, just so. to see Mike Trout could like pull into that, 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 I think that's what made it just so much better. Like you thought it couldn't get any better and just to see like the best player in baseball was in control of that, of that fantasy league. And he's just like, how are you going to get mad at Mike Trout for not for like controlling that? It's just everyone. It's, it's kind of like it was like a popcorn show. You know, you just sat back and just watched <laughs> it spiral down. And Mike Trout's even sitting there laughing. He's like, I can't believe this happened. But at the same time, like, I mean, I, I guess I guess I'm responsible for it. Like, yeah. But then just to see Tommy Pham be like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to roll with the high stakes. And I don't care. I, I spent my money. You know, that's why I kind of had a problem with it, because I was I was risky. I need that money. And I wonder what actually turned. I, I don't think they ever posted what happened. Like, who was the winner of that league? But it'd be interesting to see how it develops. It just became the joke of the day. It was like, all right, what's today's joke? And that was Tommy Fan for the good, great day. And uh, yeah, like again, he served that suspension. Um, did he deserve a three game suspension for the slap? I would say so. Um, and it wasn't really like, oh, we want to suspend you three games. It's like, oh, we're going to make sure you just sit out for the rest of the series and we'll move on. Because that's exactly what it was, yeah. just to sit out the series. Um, hopefully, um, if they ever meet on the field again, or if Tommy Pham and Mike Trout <laughs> meet on the field sometime this year, um, I wish uh, Mike Trout some luck because, like you said, every commissioner gets hated and uh, Tommy Pham might be going for a head kick next. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just funny. I, I mean, I, I see it stopping. Like, I'm surprised it's made it this far, in all honesty, just to see how the far the media said. And Mike Trout even said it. He's like, it's you guys that have been carrying it this far. Like, you guys carry it away, as they usually do. But, yes, it, I mean, it'll come to an end eventually, and I think it's reaching that point. But If you have not seen the video yet, please go and watch yes. it. Get a quick laugh in for yes. the day because it definitely was very, very funny. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Please watch it. it that, is, that is eye candy right there. That's the definition of eye candy. Like, it's just... Sitting there having a friendly, friendly, friendly conversation. Tommy Pham just right out of right field. Like, I mean, crazy, but it happened. And I, yeah, like Ethan said, definitely give it a watch. But yes, so much more to come this season, as well as I'm hoping we have something kind of equivalent to this Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson. Like, if, if we can get this like on a consistent basis, like that, that that would just be fantastic. Because I mean, the kind storylines of- would be out of the roof. Yes, yes. <laughs> and who, yes. who all knows who's even in there? Because it sounded like they had a big fantasy football league, and it like, sounded like it was mostly MLB players. So I'd I mean, like to know who's all in that league. And, he said it was Padres yeah. players. So, I mean, I'm assuming it was Eric Hosmer, Tommy Fan. I mean, Tommy Fan was in there. Um, Cronenworth, I mean, Tatis maybe. I mean, you never really know. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it, it wouldn't surprise me if you have some of these Padres players coming out and be like, I, I, mean, I didn't know it was this bad because the media is going to keep searching. The media is going to do its job and we're going to get a reward for it no matter what. So the pl- the players are going to have, someone's going to step forward and it's going to be fantastic. But yes, yes it it, is. It, it's just, it's the, it just or with this um, it, at the moment, like this is the season is in full, full, full role right now. And just to see like, we like everything we've touched on in this entire, this podcast so far, It'll be very surprising to see if we're right or if anything we've touched on at the moment is we're wrong about anything because it's also baseball is so it's such an unpredictable game. And yeah, the game changes so much. And um, speaking of the game changing, we talked about how analytics have been playing a role and uh, Angel has talked a lot about um, how the analytics played a role um, in his career and what they're doing now to set up um, analytic based data for all the players. Um, so yeah, guys, I think, uh, you guys definitely have a podcast coming for you right now. It is, um, a great podcast, very nice, nice guy. And he, uh, 
he took the time out of his day to sit down with us and i think you guys would absolutely love it yes 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 so the time has come angel barroa 2003 kansas city royals rookie of the year 2009 yankees world series champion stay tuned everybody thanks for joining us and have a wonderful day and enjoy Thank you so much again for all the people tuning in for another fantastic episode and another fantastic guest joining us here. Angel Barroa, former major leaguer, winner of the American League Rookie of the Year in 2003, also World Series champion with the 2009 New York Yankees. And currently, he's with the Detroit Tigers as a Latin American infield coordinator, Angel I said it again, and I'll say, I'll say, I keep saying it. Thank you so much again for taking the time to join us. It means a lot. And we can't let, can't wait to ask you some fun questions. Thank you guys. You know, thank you for having me. So I'm glad we find out the time because that was like almost a month, you know, try yes, to sir. get the, the opportunity to sit in and, and talk about baseball. Of course. Yeah. So let's get right down to business. I know you have, um, I, I, Currently looking at your your LinkedIn profile, you have a couple certifications in a rap soto, and with you, know, you kind of obviously want to make sure you're in fine and tune in the statistical game, specifically in this time of data and analytical era. So I kind of want to ask you, um, how much of a factor, if we could go back to your playing career, did the use of analytics play into your career, and as a player? Did you feel it helped to utilize those tools to improve or sustain the success? Or did you feel like you had to kind of stop using analytics and kind of just get a feel for the game at a certain point? Well, you know, on my days, so we don't have all this. So, and we are still playing great baseball. But I'm the one, I believe, I believe in technology, you know, and, and sooner to get a player better because every, everybody's different. Everybody's different. Uh, some of those guys might get the message like better uh, in technology than than Bellboy, you know. So I, I, you know, I believe, and I believe, and uh, technology is here. So we have to trust the process, you know. It's not that I can know uh, send the time back and and say, you know, when I, when I was a play, that thing that gonna work, that was there. You know, so we had to use a uh, different technology to to improve uh, ourselves. You know, to help uh, our, our team, our organization. But now, technology is here, guys. So we had to find a way and, and learn it. You know, and not not only learn. It's not how how to admit the the message. You know, how caring because to on the, on this day we are messenger. You know, we just had to bring those message to the to the players of course and this this might be another obvious question but do you feel that players can become too overloaded with statistics do you feel like they need to just play baseball the way that they learned at a certain point and just stop focusing too much on analytics or do you think there's a fine line um i say yeah it's a little bit much you, you know just let them keep playing let the kid play, like I say before. So everybody's different. So most of those guys, they, they take it serious and they, they put something together like technology and back in the day. But another, you know, mentally, because mentally is another thing. Mentally, sometimes they just want to trust on, on the technology. They don't want to hear for nobody. Oh, okay, you played, that was your day. So they just let it pass. You know, we, as a veteran, we have a lot of information the technology might be, you know, uh, way behind on us, you know, because that that's the game. That's the game. You have to be on the field and you have to, you know, do uh, give everything on a baseball field. So I don't think uh, that kind of, all that kind of happen with uh, technology. Technology is very, very important and, you know. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. I always thought it was very important for players to adapt to their normal game itself. But, yes, I think technology brings in a certain aspect where you know what your highs, what your lows, you know. And, yes, I do think that players can get in their head sometimes just by looking at the analytics, and then that could start a drought of its own. 
So I think that's why we touch the mental game so much is because it's it's a huge factor in the game of baseball. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, for um, one factor in the game of baseball, especially this year, uh, rookies have been taking over the league. Um, we talk about Spencer Torkelson uh, this year with the Tigers, um, Christopher Morell from the Cubs. A lot of rookies have been coming up and stepping up big on their teams. Um, so as a rookie of the year winner yourself, what's the mindset coming into the big leagues? How's that first day and what's the goals that you set for yourself? Uh, you know, I'm from the Dominican Republic. So that was uh, one of my, on my dream because I was have a, I was have a lot of dreams, you know, I was have a lot of goal. So what's a, that, that was one of the biggest uh, goals, you know, and that don't, that don't take a longer for me to, to reach. Because I signed in uh, '98, in uh, 2001, I was on a, on a big league, so uh, that's that, that was impressive, you know. On the first, uh, when we got the the no, when we got the the call to the office, so the first question we just ask is, what what I do, you know? So I'm in trouble, or you know? But when you get when you get that that, that new, so you just you just froze, you know? You just sit and try to to read uh breathe a couple of time and, and and then just wake up and say okay here we go so that that you know that's the th- the time we was waiting for so that's, uh, that's a good one yep, take it and live the dream yeah yes, yep. yes sir and you live the dream in, in fact that yeah yes sir yes, yeah sir. yeah yes sir so yeah it goes into my next question being from the dominican republic um, obviously, in the MLB, with an association that kind of lacked diversity towards the beginning of, like, in the 90s and the 2000s, they were obviously building on that, and they've reached a new cornerstone as of now. But do you did you find it difficult to find success, or did you find it difficult being a minority in the uh, U.S.? Um, like, what, like, and do you feel like the MLB has definitely improved on that, uh, in terms of improving on diversity and inclusion, like, how do, how do you feel about that, like, specifically during your playing time and especially now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they improve a, a lot, a lot, you know. And, and like you say, I come from the Dominican Republic. And for me, with a young player, no English. So be uh, far away from home uh, by myself because that's what we feel when we just come. That's not a matter how many uh, teammates come with you. You know, you are still alone because family is the only thing gonna you know full like your mentally your body like okay I, I have one of my family here so I don't feel like I'm alone but if you don't have nobody lost no English so now you have to you know make a map to get something to eat and find you know thing to do here that was that was a little tough that was a little tough but everybody's different Everybody's different. So my, my parents, they, they treat me, they, they raise me like the right way. And they always was like, you know, put in my head like, hey, you know what? No, it's not a matter how far you are, you know alone. So you can make a call. You can call anytime you want. And, and you know, they, they on that part, they, they make us like, you know, our home, you know, like closed. Even if you are across the the map, so so yeah, yeah, that's a that's a th- that was a tough one. That was a tough one the first time when you just come to the United States and and play the game, you know, because you see everything different, everything different, in both way, good and bad, you know, because coming from uh, the Dominican and uh, taking ground ball out the street, and now you just come down here with the you know, nice, beautiful ballpark and all that. You just like, wow, we don't, we don't have, we don't have that down there. So, now, uh, awesome. yeah. yeah, I think family plays a huge role in every ball player's life. There's always that one thing that you know intrigues ball players. They're like, this is why I do this. This is what I came here to do. This is why I play this game. And I think everyone needs that back stepping stone to rely on for that motivation. And the character, and that's what builds up the greats in the league, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And another thing I just, you know, that's that's what I try to do now as a coach, you know, because I play, I play the game, I play the game, 
like in the beginning of the conversation, we talk about uh, technology. We don't have technology. So every coach, they have to be straight. You know, they have to be like, okay, let's go to the field. Let's go take a ground ball. Let's go to the batting cages. It's not like, let's go to the office and see the, and see the you know, the technology. So now with this guy, because they just, they're young and they come into the professional and they have a technology here. So they don't have too many veteran coaches like seated with, uh, with them to explain how, you know, to teach how to play the game. Because they just get here and the thing they're going to be here, they're going to find here is uh, technology. So uh, I'm glad we have a couple of veteran coaches like around the game so we can put together something special with the technology and experience. So hopefully, you know, a kid understand that and an open mind. And I say, okay, uh, that's technology, that's uh, experience. So let's put this together and get something out of the, you know, for good. Definitely. And that kind of leads into my next question here. So now coaching, was it difficult to transition from ball player to coach? And what was some advice you gave to your players from your experience on the field? That was any problem. That was because that was me when I was a player, you know. So I, I was a young guy, tricky with a veteran guy like Carlos Febler, Roberto Hernandez, Nathan Perez, Mike Sweeney, Joe Randa. You know, I was around. I was around uh, uh, a lot of a lot of good guys, a lot of good guy, a lot of a guy with experience on the game. So uh, when 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 I was like growing on my on my career, so. That's I was that was me like focusing on those guys like okay they take care of me so I cannot I cannot in, in five years I cannot be them for the others you know so I take that way and everything I play you know guy was asked me how you do this how you do I think I start my career my coaching career I started when I was playing you know because I was I was helping guys you know I was helping a younger player. Everybody throws, everybody was, you know, half confident on me. And, and I always say, I started my, my coaching career when I was a baseball player. Plus, I played uh, five years uh, in the, in the uh, independent ball. So, yeah, that, uh, that, was, a, that was a good experience to, to start, like, you know, uh, teach, uh, share what you know, what you, what you learn on this game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, going back to uh, the introduction, obviously, uh, just going back to the, the playing career as well, uh, it's, to, it's important to note that you were a World Series champion with the New York Yankees in 2009. And I also I just wanted to ask you about that experience, you know, obviously playing along with uh, Derek Jeter, A-Rod, Jorge Posada. I just kind of want to ask, like, like, how was it? <laughs> They've been one of the best teams of all time if you sit back and look at how powerful they actually were as, I mean, the, the top four through five, the entire lineup was a, was a yeah. powerhouse. Just to ask you, like, how was it like being in the clubhouse with them every single day? And do you feel that you learned some tools from players like Derek Jeter, who are the greatest of all time in themselves? Like what, what did you take from them to kind of make yourself better as a coach or a player? That was a that was a great that was a great opportunity to play in, uh, next to those guys, you know, to play for for that team, for that organization. That was that was a you know that was another level. So, but for those guys, I was learning from them before I was a teammate, you know, okay. because we just get on a, on the same field, you know. We talk, we see, we. I was the one in Kansas City when when those guys go to Kansas City. I sit in on a dugout, see how they catching rumble, how they hit a, you know, hey bro, every time hit the ball to the right field, that is right field, right field. And I was like, bro, what how come when I jump on that batting cage, I wanna get it, get it out, like every ball, <laughs> left field, left field, left field. <laughs> so that's me that I've been doing something wrong, you know, because <laughs> those guys I, I wait for the for the last, you know, last round. And then they start, you know, get body out, get both out of the uh, out of the field. And I was like, you know, that was something I learned from them, and and how how they were they work. That was the, uh, how they work. That was uh, something I just learned before I went to the Yankees, you know. And then when I have the opportunity to sign by the Yankees, so uh, I went to Tampa. I think two weeks 
before the sprint training start. Two weeks before, because I always was uh, do that, you know, I was not down there and train for uh, two weeks before everybody show up. So when I get there, when I get there, I, I would think like, okay, I, I got, I'm going to be by myself, you know. Well, I was wrong because Kano was there, Alice was there, but everybody was there. Every single one was there. And I was like, well, I might be, I might be late. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So being on the on the same clubhouse with them on the same dugout, that was uh, that was something special. Like I say, you know, that was that was a big thing, real thing, you know. And I, I don't play, I don't play uh, much with them, but that was a that was a love uh, of baseball, be with uh with those guys. Yes, sir. Oh yeah. Um. So another question that we, we love asking on this podcast, mainly because it brings out the true potential in most of these ball players, is that, you know, through everyone's career, if they have that one step back, they always two steps forward, one step back method. Was there that one step back that pushed you to over possibility and you just took off from that career point on? What was that one thing that drove you to go out and play every day? Oh, can you uh, repeat that question? Because I missed a uh, son of the bar. Can you repeat that question again? Yeah, yeah. Please. So throughout everyone's career, they endure some setbacks um, as a professional in the industry. Um, what was one of those setbacks that pushed you towards all your potential success? What was that one moment in your career that you knew, okay, this is what I need to do, and then you took off from that point on? Uh, that was uh, my family. That was my family. Uh, my, 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 my dad, he died when I was uh, almost 13 years old. So uh, my, my, my mom, she had to work in two jobs when I tried to, you know, get a school, you know. But soon I saw my mom, like, getting, working double. I was like, yeah, you know what? Because I was, I was playing when I was young. But on some on some point, I just lost like like the love of the of the game, you know, because I saw my mom working double, and I try I try to get a job. I just I just get a job to help the house, you know. We was a, uh, uh, you know, six child. No, I'm the youngest one, so uh, I just I just try to help. I just try to help my mom, and and then. When I started working, things went, you know, well, and uh, we was we was fluent. We was, you know, like uh, get, get forward. So, and then uh, a couple friends of mine they signed, and they they was on me like every time, like, hey, you know what? You have to to come back to play this game because you're better than us, and we sign, and you can get this, you know, everything you need. We 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 can we can get it for you. So. Come by and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm fine here. So I get money for my for my family. Uh, they eating, you know. We got we got clothes. So, so they were they was on me every day, every day. And then I decide I decide to to go, you know. I see with my mom and and and, and that was something like like get my get my my chest like powerful. Like when my mom say, hey, you decide, you know. Uh, we go now. You decide what you wanna do. So uh, do what you want. So what you feel to do, just do it. You know, just trust in your, in your instant and, and just go forward, man, son. And, and I was like, okay. So I started practicing again after uh, what, five years. Yeah, I was almost 17 when I started over. And I got, and I got signed like, like uh, a year and a half after mm. by the Oakland. Yeah. That was that was a, that was a, something like you know, I push push me hard, you know, and like I say, the way the way we raise we we raise our kid, that's the way they gonna act on the future, you know, because they always gonna remember what we say, you know, what we tell them, so that's something uh, any 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 kid can can use like a, like a tool, you know, like a tool. Like when my dad told me, when my mom told me, you know. Yeah. Now, when um, just wanted to ask you 
quick question as well is was the goal of the MLB was that always your goal and I know you talked about how you lost a little bit of love in the game and your friends obviously came to you and said hey you have the talent for this was that when you realized that the MLB was a possibility or did you always know it to be a possibility no that that one was that one was because when when I love the 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 love of the game I love the love of my goal you know, because as a kid, it's a, it's a, that, that goal is not like that strong because you don't never step on a professional field, you know, like a, a ball, rookie ball, whatever. And that was, that was my goal by, by that time. And then when I, when I signed, so because for me, that was like, okay, I have the tool, but I signed, I signed for the money. Yes, Hold on, so I signed, I signed for the money, you know, because more money now I can help my family. And then after that, I was like, so when I get that money, I, I just give it to my mom. And I said, no, you, you cannot give me that money. And I said, hey, you know what, mom? That's not my money. That's your money. So now I go get my money. And then was when the, when the, when the bill deal uh, grew out of my head, like, Okay, I have to I have to make to the village, you know. That's gonna be one of my goals. So from now on, let's let's work out work out to be a village. So that was the that was the when when you know when the real love like just come back to me, you know. Like yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Always, yeah. always I, I guess the, the common theme amongst all players is family always comes first. It's always yeah. cool to, to yeah. hear some stories about how some players save their family. By, by giving the MLB a chance. And it, that's, that's another cool story, Angel. Thank you very much for yeah, that. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, that, I mean, that's going to do it for our questions. But before we let you go, Angel, I got, I'm wearing the shirt. But, Ethan, you want to tell us tell them what's going on? Yes, Angel, it is our fun 10-question segment that we have. And it is called The Pickle. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we just got some 10 rapid fire questions for you. You take your time. You, you, you give us some thought process. And you just give us the best answer possible. Yes. It's all fun. No pressure at all. And when you're ready, okay. we'll get right okay. in. And you good? Yeah, yeah, we're good. All right. All right. We'll start out with number one. Who is your favorite baseball player? Growing up, currently, doesn't matter. Tony Fernandez. You know, show staff for the Blue Jay. Okay. Tony Cabeza Fernandez. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right. Yeah. What is your favorite ballpark that you've visited? Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to say the Cades, Kansas City Royal. That might be because I I, I play more games over there than somewhere else. Of course. You know, I've, 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 I've. I've been there, uh, and it's it's fantastic to see like how big that jumbotron is the, yeah. the, with the crown. Like I don't think you you can see that in any other stadium. So yeah, that was pretty no. cool. <laughs> yes, number three for you. I don't know if you wanted to dress up pregame or not, but I just want to ask you: What do you think is the best pregame outfit? Like a suit and a tie, or like a just a regular dress up? Like what's the best pregame outfit going into the clubhouse before uh, game day? everybody's different for me that was like you know the tie is too much okay you know so that but something like professional you know i must say like you know don't have to be sweated out when you get it out yeah you just suit up tie i'll be professional but going to the ballpark just be representative All right. Number four, the best inspirational quote you have said or you've heard? No pain, no gain. Means and a lot. It's simple. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. And I, that, that, that got me because in 2003, I lost a lot of teammates because they, they lost time that year 
because they was injury, they was hurt. That was like, and I was like, because I was here the 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 uh, uh, growing up like no pain, no gain. And I'm telling you, after the All Star break, on me every day that was pain, and mm-hmm. I stayed playing, you know. And I was like, no pain, no gain, you know. If you can pay, if you can play with the pain, and I'll be cool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. Number five. What is this is gonna be a tough one? Maybe I don't know. What is your favorite baseball memory? If you could just speak on one, you know, I mean, you, there might be when, multiple, but one that stands out. That might be, but the the first the one was uh when I got called up to the Bay League. Right. We got eliminated on a playoff. And they called me to the office, and I was like, okay, that's going to be, like, an easy one because they're going to, you know, congrats to, uh, you know, because my season, how my season went, you know. That was a good season in 2001 and a minor league. So when, the, when, the, the, when, they, when, when they called me to the, to the office, and they said, hey, Andrew, you know, congratulations. And I, and I was in my mind, like, I know. I know that was coming. Mm-hmm. So, and then to, he told me, like, uh, you got you got called up. Mm. And I was like, uh, I, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, you have a call up. Call up where? <laughs> to the big guy. Are you mean? And I was point like 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 <laughs> talk. And I was like, to the big to, to the billy? <laughs> yes. And I was and I froze. And then and then I was like, can you give me a second? Yeah, and they was hey, they, they they no 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 I say I say the the, the, oh, okay. the <laughs> and, and and they they were freak out like and I was like and I went out get the phone and call my mom oh man yeah that was like eleven so you know and then come back back to the office like giving hope to everybody <laughs> I, I love yeah. watching the videos that um either fox mlb post or mlb itself when they just have the call-ups to the big leagues for all the minor league players it's a touching moment for everyone and that's you could just see, everyone that's that's when all right i did it when dreams become reality it's yeah yeah um, and the good part no. and the good part of that is no semero if the owner of the team and the gm is there so we want to go and run out, get the phone and call family, you know, because that's no uh, uh, one person thing, you know, that's a whole thing. That's a family thing, you know, because everybody's involved. Yes, sir. Definitely. Yes, sir. Number six. Who is my be a tough one too. Favorite teammate you played alongside with? Favorite teammate. Carlos Febles. Okay. Yeah, he was my second baseman when, and you know, I met I met Carlo when I got traded to Kansas City, and from that day to today, he's like my brother. You know, he's he's we 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 are family. You know, yes, sir. so yes, sir. It's a good right. one. Number seven. What was what is or what was as a player? What is your favorite fan base you've played in front of, or maybe sat alongside as a fan in a game? Like, what do you think is the best or your favorite fan base in baseball? My, I don't get that one. My fan base. Yeah, like what is what 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 team has the best fans in your opinion? Oh, okay, 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 okay. And now we're putting uh, you on the spot, Angel. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> LA. LA? Yeah. Dodgers or LA. Angels? Dodgers. 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 Okay. Yeah. That that's that's that was a tough question because I got more than that, you know. But LA, mm-hmm. you know, they they fans plus they the percentage of the fans, they Latin, you know. Oh yeah. A Mexican, they come from you know Latin America, and and they they enjoy it. they enjoy go to the ballpark, they support both teams, you know, and yeah, I I say, Dodgers. Right. That was a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight. <laughs> what in your mind would be your favorite ballpark snack? Hot dogs, bratwurst. Whatever, what was that thing that's at the ballpark? You're like, oh, you got to have it. Corn dog. Oh, yeah. Corn dog. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Corn dogs are amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, would you put would yeah. you put anything on it? Uh, don't tell me you would eat that plain, did you? No. Okay. No, no, okay. No. Okay. I put uh, uh cashew. Yeah. Just ketchup. Ketchup. Yeah, a little bit of mustard. Yeah. Okay. I, I I mean I I can I can I'm give you some advice. I I mean I tried this on a cruise one time. It's it's just mayo and mixed peppers. Oh yeah. Might might have to give that a try. I mean it. I, I love it. I mean my, I'm I don't think anyone else like would want to associate mayo <laughs> with a hot dog or corn dog. You so, shocked me on that one. I, I don't know. know about that. But it, it's good. Yeah, it, it's good. It, I'm telling you, I wouldn't shy you the wrong. I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell you the wrong way. Okay. I. I mean, if you want to give it a try, go ahead. And I, just, and I, I'm, I'm a male fan. You know. I'm, okay. Okay. But I never tried. You know, on a... No, it's good. Hmm. It's good. I'd give it a try. Mayo and mixed okay. peppers. We'll have okay. to do our research okay. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number nine for you. In your opinion, since you're obviously in fine-tuned within the statistical world, what is your favorite stat to use today or maybe during your player career? What was that one statistic that you like going back on, whether it be batting average, OPS, uh, slugging? Like, wait, what was that one stat that you like using? Batting average. I never Okay. Yeah. What do you think is a more important statistic, batting average or on-base percentage? <laughs> For me, I don't think you walk, you know. <laughs> so okay. I say batting average, you okay. know, because if you get a batting average, that means you'll be on, on base, you know, because I don't want that guy that can take 50 walks on a, on a year, you know. I was a free, free swinger, so... On a free swinger, you don't look for the OPS, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Last question, number 10. <laughs> the final countdown. We need to put that in the queue. Um, in today's game, that could be for many 30 MLB teams, who do you think the most exciting player to watch in baseball is right now? That's that's a tough one because mm. sitting right now to get the guy and you know when last night I was watching uh, the Angel or uh, the San Diego, so most exciting guy. I was I would say I say Otani. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's hard to fight yeah. against it at this rate that he's going now. Yeah, that's that's you know that's some that's that's impressive. Mm -hmm. that's, that's you know, and it's that was something that he don't he don't come down here to to get that he come with us. So, <laughs> have you have you gotten a chance yeah. to meet Otani? No yet, no okay. yet. Well, so uh, that's on my list. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So yeah, no, that's, yeah. I think you did fantastic, Angel. That that, that does it for the pickle, and that, that was fun. That was fun. 10 out of 10. Take notes. People Take notes it. on that uh, mayo with, with mixed peppers. Take that to the bank. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it because I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm you fans of mayo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Again, thank you very much, Angel. We've had a Always, very guys. good time, and yes, we, we hope you had a good time as well. And But that'll, yeah, that's going to do I it for th this podcast. And again, thank you, Angel. Angel Barroa joining us, uh, former Rookie of the Year 2003, current uh, infield coordinator for the Detroit Tigers. Thank you so much. You're welcome, guys. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you, Angel. Designated Chatter fans out there, make sure to listen to all of our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other streaming platforms. Also, make sure to follow us on all social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Designated Chatter. Also, if you haven't already, make sure to go get your Designated Chatter merchandise from the store at designatedchattermerchandise.com. Another great deal going on today for podcast day. It's 20% off all your purchases. And like Jacob just mentioned, another great guest today, Angel. Thank you so much again for your time. Until next time, guys, we'll see you back on the show.